0: What's up? Welcome to the Ask LFC Podcast. I'm Harrison, Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest Huntersville.
1: Hey, Mike Moses, Lead Pastor at Lake Forest Church Huntersville. Uh, Good to see you today, Harrison, and good to talk to all of you. Uh, This morning, our ultimate subject is a new iteration of being a one-more-person-friendly church. It's one of the most enduring aspects of our vision as a church uh, it 's one of the the ways that we 're most rooted biblically in jesus vision for his church is being a church for one more person and to serve that vision uh, and each of our living on mission for that not something the church does but uh, but to help each of us build that more into our life we're moving forward on something as a congregation and so that's really our ultimate topic this morning, just to be sure we can all locate that within the church that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that I was away somewhere this weekend.
0: Yeah, you were uh you were you were somewhere uh with with fancier food and taller buildings probably than here. Oh <laughs> my
1: goodness. <clears throat> Angie and I were in Brooklyn, New York, visiting our son Austin and our daughter in law Nicole and our grand dog Luna, <clears throat> which was delightful. And uh, as we always say to them, hey, if you make room for us to stay in your apartment, all that money that we would have spent on a Manhattan hotel, which that's a lot of money, (laughs) um, we get to spend uh, going out to dinner with you at places that 20-somethings maybe don't always uh, make room in their budget to pay for themselves to go out. So we ate ourselves across several uh, boroughs of New York City, had a great visit with them. However, the culmination of our weekend with Austin and Nicole, something that made the the, the heart of us, Angie and I as empty nesters, sing, was we <clears throat> worshiped with them at their new church. Uh, they live in Brooklyn. Across the river is Manhattan, and the, the church that they have uh, really found and uh, relaxed into is a church called Church of the City. Uh, it, it worships in Manhattan, and they go along with many, many 20-somethings, seems to be the young adult favorite time of worship to their 6 p.m. Sunday evening service. We went, and uh, not only is it encouraging to see, you know, when your kids are are following Christ and loving and treasuring him with their life, but as we walked up to the service, Harrison, um, they had greeters outside, you know, the way that we do, <clears throat> and to see, uh, both the greeters and then some other people break out of the pack and come up, oh, Austin Nicole, and give them hugs, and then Austin Nicole introduced us. It was their co- members of their community group. They're part of a community group of 20-somethings who all live in Brooklyn, and then they they take the subway uh, to church <clears throat> for weekly worship, and... Um, that did our hearts good. Then we made our way into the worship center late at that point, um, which is a little pet peeve of mine. <laughs> and as I told Angie later, I'm not sure if that's just because I'm a pastor. Like, will that go away when I'm no longer the lead pastor and I'm just like everybody else? I don't care. Um, ex- uh, you know, cause as a pastor, when I have the moment to visit another church, especially one that I admire, I want to see every detail mm-hmm. to learn from, but also, like, because we came in late, the sermon hit me differently because my heart—I had not really worshipped much. We were in the middle of a worship song as we sat down and talked to some more people. It was great. They were welcomed all the way down the aisles, a yeah, full-packed yeah. house, and somebody had to find us four seats. And what was great it was a staff member who dapped up Austin. Austin's been doing a few <clears throat> films for them, ministry films, uh, for his church. And so That's the awesome. staff loved him, and they came over and introduced themselves. That was great. <clears throat> so what did our hearts good, and, and then the sermon was just top-notch. Um, this was their pastor. His name is John Tyson. Uh, he's becoming known. In fact, we took all of the preacher te- preaching teams in the the four Lake Forest family churches through a video curriculum a year ago. I forget what it was called, but it was getting better at your craft of preaching. And this, also Nicole's pastor now, John, and another guy, the guy who wrote the book that we used as a church last year, um, The uh, Ruthless Elimination oh, yeah. of Hurting, yeah. Hurry. John, Mark, John Comer. Comer, Mark Comer. The two of them did this cool. preaching, uh, you know, get better at your preaching craft that we took all of our ministers through yeah. here at Lake Forest. And that's their pastor. And the the, the sermon was uh, theologically rich, textually rooted um, he was conversant with church history, quoted some early church fathers and some <clears throat> people I like to quote <laughs> um, uh so he reinforced all of my biases sure <laughs> uh, and it's really practical it was a sermon on uh the the one of the seven deadly sins lust hmm. um really practical um out of jesus' teaching so it, Angie and I is just our hearts got fuller and fuller thinking of Nicole feasting on this 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 uh, biblical sermons diet the the worship was wonderful the 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 band was not up to the lake forest uh snuff but it it was fine uh we enjoyed the worship so what it reminded me of Harrison you've heard me through through the last year talk about Austin and Nicole's church Mm -hmm. search and it made me thankful for the church that they found and it made me more fired up for the church that we are and maybe want to be at our highest aspiration i've never had to look for a church in my adult life uh and i encounter people here and you guys um especially in huntersville it's people relocate so often you know we see this on people's faces and so watching austin nicole go through it reminded me of a couple of things because they they had uh this was instructive to me as late 20 somethings who love the lord they they presumed they wanted to find a bible teaching church okay that's that's presumed <laughs> um their t- t- their two main priorities when they moved to new york city were a church that is some uh, ethnically diverse that's almost a non essential for them uh and their generation which is one of the missional reasons why we're aspiring to look more like our zip code ethnically here at Lake Forest Huntersville. Yep. Uh, a mono-ethnic space, particularly mono-ethnic Anglo, almost feels odd uh, and archaic hmm. uh, to younger adults, and, and that's not a, a missional environment. Um, but that was a, a priority for them, and secondly, they just wanted to be local to Brooklyn and their neighborhood, ideally. They wanted to have community, a community group near them. So they prioritized churches in their area of Brooklyn. And um, if I could review—and so imagine this, Harrison. Imagine being in your 20s and you're looking for a church in a city, and every time you mention a church name, your dad goes (laughs) and Googles the heck out of them and finds out every jot and tittle about Uh their theology or, more commonly, their lack thereof. Uh, of any established the uh, like like, what are who are they accountable to or for? What, this dude's making it up um, a, as they go, but there's so much rah rah that you can't see behind anyway.
0: Yeah. Um. So you're I, you're, the, you're the auditor. I was the auditor, <laughs> right. which
1: was a little awkward a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, however. Um, I'll say three things that I really that that only highlight to me more what we aspire to be here, and why. Also, I'm glad also Nicole persevered until they found what they found. One, uh, a, a church that they loved that was really multi ethnic. They really enjoyed the worship, but over time they be, grew uncomfortable with the teaching. It turned out it was a, a a church that is allying their faith. I would say syncretizing their faith with political ideology. And in this case, I won't really even call it conservative. I would call it conspiratorial yeah. uh, populism or something. I don't, I'm not even sure what to call it kind of thing these days. Um, and it, and they themselves began to feel this, is, this feels like a bastardization, frankly, of mm-hmm. the gospel, uh, of this holding up of something that is of the kingdom of man a- and this extreme vulnerability to believing conspiracy theories, uh, and and somehow those reinforce our faith. It was just kind of weird. I did hmm. enough research on them to, uh, in in the words of a Gen X and baby boomer pop culture favorite uh, from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, "Run away, run away," um, and and uh, they did of their own accord a second church that was really interesting to them and multi-ethnic and a really neat church with a great witness however they realized after a while it was headed by a husband and wife pa- couple pastor team and they realized there was no um, there was no biblical leadership according to the pict- any kind of the snapshots in the new testament where there's plurality of elders or deacons or shepherds uh, but instead, it was headed by this one authoritative couple, and then people outside of their church—they were supposedly accountable to people in their movement outside of their church. But they, they as as uh, Gen Z slash millennials, that gave them the heebie-jeebies after they figured that out, realizing this is an unaccountable leadership, mm-hmm. and they didn't have any published theological rootedness, um, and and therefore there's no the. And as I did my research, I could spot <clears throat> some real theological softness or even errors hmm. that were not apparent on the surface, and it, it made me th- thankful. So the first church that they visited that was sort of uh, politically syncretized made me thankful that we aspire to be a, uh, a church that that's, has unity on the essentials of the faith and liberty on non-essentials. And charity among all those differences, and so we have liberty when it comes to how the Bible informs your participation as a citizen and a political person. Uh, and we do not ally our faith with right or left, uh, either way. So that, but the second one that wasn't theologically rooted made me thankful that we're located in the in a stream of Christianity, Reformed. Christianity. It'd be okay if we were rooted in Methodism or Orthodoxy. We are rooted and we have a a published theology that we're accountable for, which was helpful to me in the late '80s when I was a part of what was called the Emerging Church at the time. And it was very experimental for the mission of the church. How do we have new wineskins for the old wine of the gospel to reach a new generation? But when that movement started experimenting with with theology, not just missiology, mission, <clears throat> is when our defined theology held me accountable and our elders held me accountable. Hey, I think you're playing around in some pools that could be becoming heretical or not actually biblically Christian. And that, I, I snapped back to orthodoxy at that point in time.
0: And I'm sure, Mike, you see all the time with your church planner hat on over time that, um, that has to be a foundational piece of even starting a church because, uh, when you're out there on an Island alone, you know, you may, you may, you may make it, but you sure are playing with fire. (laughs) Like, you know, you're in a danger, you're putting yourself unnecessarily in a, in a dangerous spot to, to say, I think I've got it right enough. Uh, and I'm strong enough to run this thing and, and be correct and not need a lot of accountability. And it, it, if you, if you're, if you're wrong, there are big consequences on that.
1: So it made me thankful that, that we are a, a church that, uh, is lives under the principle of spiritual sub, uh, submission to authority over us. So it's a right principle for every believer. It's a right principle for every pastor in church. And two of those churches in Brooklyn were wonderful churches but, without authority over them there 's more chance more of the horror stories of a fallenness of a pastor or or edging your theology into an unhealthy uh, hobby horse of the pastor, for example uh, is mm. more more commonly happens so all that to say it just uh, th- that 's maybe more than you wanted to hear on that but but it I was all of this was running through my mind as we watched them being folded into community. Their their community group is lovely. They meet weekly uh, and study God's word uh, and care for each other. They have a meal, just just as as our ideal here is for our Lake Forest folks. Uh, it just made me thankful to be in a church where our theology is anchored in a creed, and so it's it's measurable if we're accountable and faithful to it or not. Uh, It made me thankful that that we're in a stream of Christianity that values an educated clergy Mm -hmm. with a historical perspective. When when I heard their pastor talking about lust, and and he even talked about how the 4th century (laughs) bishops viewed lust in some ways that now church history has said, uh, that was a little off track. That was a little misogynist. Hmm. And that was more female hatred than positively protecting yourself from lust, for example. Um, engaging Scripture in, in tension, it, it, with the history of interpretation of the saints in mind. And it made me thankful that we have a biblical polity structure. We're governed by elders. Uh, I'm a first among equal for vision and worship, and yet uh, they are my bosses. And it made me thankful that, in some ways, we approximate being a a politically diverse church uh, because that is a non-essential. Um, so, oh, that's any, awesome. Any more questions about that? Are Are you ready for me to turn the page?
0: No, that's that's all good. I'll 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 transition us this, this way, Mike. Um, talking about Lake Forest, talking about potential pitfalls. I think. Uh, another thing that I'm assuming you see in your church church planter role is that if you don't begin early on uh, setting a culture of being a missional church, meaning a church that exists not only for the purpose of being a place for uh, already believers yes. to exist and build community together, yes. which is probably because we're human the natural tendency and flow of things is I have my circle of people that I like. They're like me. We have similar interests. We believe the same stuff. It's easy to hang with these people. Yes. This is, it'd be fun to make a church full of people that I like to and, hang out with. And right.
1: Most of you and I, and almost all of our listeners, if they've been a part of other Christian churches in the past, have been a part of a church or two that only spoke we language insider language as though everyone in the room is at the same place as a believer
0: so to that point mike i guess my question would be to you to just to transition to this next part um because this has been around since before i've been at lake forest and i've been around for uh 10 years a, de- a decent little chunk of change but and it definitely you're
1: still a super young guy <laughs> I, i'm not sure how that
0: i don't know either but this this predates me here what i, I guess my question would be uh Uh, With that in mind, uh, what was kind of the the push behind and over all these years has kept it so essential uh, to be a church that uh, has this focus on your one more person and what that means and what what made that uh, as it originated an important stake in the ground for you? Mm. and and what's what 's helped what 's helped that what 's the staying power of that good
1: question, Harrison and I would say it 's one way in which we are distinct even from austin and nicole 's new church in New York City. Um, <clears throat> they do it a different way um, when, first of all, when we say the phrase "one more person," we just shorten it to those three words so that we can remember it mm-hmm. uh, we want I want <laughs> as your pastor, I want everyone to salivate and and complete the sentence in your head, who's given up on church but not on God. In other words, that's a positive self-designation of somebody who is either not a Christian, not yet a Christian, or maybe they think they once were, or maybe they are, but they're out of fellowship with God's love and God's people. That whole category. I, I discovered early on that, that, saying one more person who's lost, a person who's not yet a Christian or who has fallen away from their faith, to call them lost, they they don't go, yeah, I like that description of me. Um, Jesus uses that as as a, uh, like a GPS coordinate outside of the presence of God and his people in his parables in Luke 15 of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. But it, 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 it's, it does not – it sounds, however, if you're using it for someone to their face, that sounds like it, it, it diminishes them. So sure. people who've given up on church, not on God is a phrase that I stumbled into and stole from some other pastor. And um, we hear multiple times per year, when you all said that on Sunday that you're a church for people, who mean, that's me. Mm-hmm. And so people in all those categories that I described earlier, their orientation toward Christ and the gospel, um, and so we use that. We honor them by using a term that they would go, "Yeah, I identify. I like that about me, actually." Because church sucks, right? That's that's durigur. It's normal in culture to be like, "Church sucks." It's normal for young, aged Christians to say that. So that's so that 's why one more person means who's given up on church, not on God. The reason why we we attach to that language we had always been this kind of church, but in two thousand and ten we popularized that we formalized that phrase is that the great commission is for every believer we've tended in a church that's just for we, for only for believers and and you you might happen to find your way in there and get struck. Deaf, dumb, and blind by the gospel in a good way. But you had to do all the translation work yourself. Mm -hmm. They were speaking Um, Mm -hmm. Christian-ish. The Great Commission is something that happens out there and by other people. We send missionaries. We plant another church, and they go do that, and we clap, and we give, and that's great. And that's something we do at Lake Forest. But when Jesus gave the Great Commission, yes, it was the apostles sitting there, but it was un- we understand it's applied to every disciple. It's actionable by every disciple. And then when he ge- he gave the bulletized version of the Great Commission, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses, and, and you'll make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, Jerusalem is actionable by every disciple because that's where we live. So one more person really just means... The the version of the Great Commission that is every disciple of Jesus is responsible for in the warp and woof of our everyday life as we are going about life. Who's the person in our path who's given up on church but not on God? Um, uh, so that, and then secondly, um, to be the kind of church we are on Sundays and say that phrase, which is very unique, um, is the thing that Austin said that is the most different and he misses the most about the church he grew hmm. up in which is Lake Forest. He said, Dad, it, it's great. And I noticed this Sunday night. Uh, but the sermon and the worship is oriented just for believers. Hmm. And I noticed this. Now it was great because during the the, the, wor- the singing, Harrison, you would have loved it. The music wasn't that great. The the quality of it. Yeah. <laughs> the songs, I I didn't love. The selection is fine. It's just fine. But like 80% of the people in the room were six guns to Jesus, hands in the air, like you just don't care, yeah. Holy Spirit. Because they're all Christian. It was wonderful. I mean, it was a great environment. I loved it. Yeah. Because they're all Christians, and, and what's wonderful about that is encouraging one another. It gives each other more space and encouragement to really be attentive to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in worship. And that's why I want, we want more demonstrative Um worship here that that gives more permission for where wherever someone is spiritually to actually don't be like consuming what's happening in the room be attending to god yourself so that was wonderful but as austin said that the the singing and the teaching and i noticed this john's teaching was fantastic but it 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 never once did he stop the way that we do very often and verbally say, Now, if you're someone who's just considering the christian faith here's here's a way now, actually, he is okay at this. he's better than many preachers but 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 it's not a normal tick the way it is for it. We're disciplined about it. We'll stop in the middle. You know if you're a long time Christian and Sunday school boy like me, you've got all the attendance gold stars. Uh, here's how this applies to you. If you're somebody who you can't believe lightning didn't strike when you walked in the room today because you risked church, here's how this applies. We're very unique in that. And that comes out of 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul says, make worship intelligibility, not intelligible, and your teaching, not just to unbelievers, but believers. That whole chapter, he gets into discussions about tongues, and you can get lost. But ultimately, he says, to plan your worship, and the communication to be intelligible for three different people, believers, inquirers, and, and anti-believers, so that's why we're a one more, so to this point, being a one more church person church means we're just encouraging each other every Sunday, who's your one more person? Are you preferring them in friendship? Are you going out having them over for cookouts more often than your Christian friends? right? Don't, get in a, don't only live in a Christian bubble. is one of the caveats to that, because people need to know the love of God through Jesus. So now, my, my Austin and Nicole's, their, their way of reaching your one more person is you bring them to something that we are instituting this spring which is the Alpha program. That is their one vehicle for one more person. For us, our Sunday morning, we always wanted to be accessible and compelling to that person. But our beginning of Alpha now, which we did it, uh, if you were there this Sunday, if you weren't there this Sunday, go back and catch up on the sermon. Uh, we don't want to re-explain everything about it. But we're starting the Alpha program now as a as a different environment that's not church because what do we say every the 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 cool opinion to have in culture and among Christians is church sucks man and, and so it's not like having your one more person at Lake Forest we don't even always say and invite them to church now christmas eve and easter yes i hope we're all praying right now <laughs> who's my one more person who would likely risk church on easter sunday but alpha is a even more non-threatening Wednesday, not, uh, weekday night, dinner gathering around the types of subjects we've been preaching on in January and February. Questions that everybody has and wants to talk about.
0: I think the thing that that was a surprise to me because I was uh, unfamiliar with Alpha, but the thing that won me over to it was uh, talking with you, with, with Jeff, with Andrew, with Aaron, you guys who have seen this in action. And it's like... It's like the strategy that that has produced some of the most like fruit in terms of being that place for people yeah. uh, to come with their questions and and uh, walk away with a greater understanding of who God is, or or walking away uh, discovering yeah. and taking up uh, taking the plunge on a, 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 an actual relationship with God, getting plugged into a church, like a first step. And I, I didn't know that about it. Yeah. And, and hearing all that, I'm like, well, man, and this is awesome. it's different.
1: Really great Christian content is presented to the questions, very similar to the sermons we've been preaching. However, then the discussion is not like a Lake Forest community group that's typical, which is we're studying the Bible and we're discussing, but we're getting around toward what's the right answer in the Bible, so to speak. Uh, alpha leaders are trained to ask open-ended questions and be non-judgmental hmm. about uh, inquirers, those who are looking into the faith. So it's not neatly wrapped up every week. Um, they they have a way of doing that in prayer, but it's much and in fact the leaders are like in any given community group at Lake Forest there's always going to be somebody who might play a trump card of a right answer here's what the bible says about this that's the opposite of the cult and that's okay it that's christians talking about god's word in alpha groups it it it's uh it's very non it's extra non-judgmental i should say so This is an example, Harrison, as a baby church, new churches always have the new, best, brightest idea. And I wanted to create, me and my friends who founded Lake Forest and then ever since, you came on to this. Yeah, we want to create a worship evangelism environment on Sundays in particular, a both and. Discipleship and evangelism happening at the same time in the worship of the living God, experiential evangelism. Experience the people of God worshiping here, see the Word of God applied to believers and non-believers at the same time. At our best, we do that. We're still learning, um, and and we're pretty fresh and unique. There are other churches who do this, but we're we're pretty unique in this, um, especially in Lake Norman. I would, might say. Um, Uh, However, this is an example of being a 25-year-old church and learning from other churches like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but there's a number one way American and European, especially churches, have found that enfolds, and God's Holy Spirit has blessed it with hundreds of thousands of people, enfolds spiritual inquirers and seekers into the church, and it's through Alpha. And we're like, maybe we could learn from that. Maybe we, too, need to institutionalize this step that people can take. It's a place to invite. Uh, And so this depends not—now, in our church, it will be a place where we just had somebody this Sunday who heard about it for the first time and said, I don't know anything about any of this. I'm not even sure why I came here today. Uh, But that sounds like my next step. I need to be in that group talking about those questions. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what I believe. So there will be people in our Sunday mornings who respond to it. But this is mostly about you and me, listeners, loving on our one more person all the time in our life, listening to God's Holy Spirit. Who am I preferring in friendship who's given up on church but not on God? And at the right time, I invite them into the spiritual environment of an alpha group. and, And let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's work in their life.
0: As we're recording and posting this here on Tuesday, February 27th, um, if you're listening to this anytime in the vicinity of that, the alpha groups that we have coming up okay. are just about to begin. Mm-hmm. So, which is why uh, <clears throat> Cammy and Aaron and Andrew and Jeff, who spoke about it on Sunday a couple days ago, uh, we're making such a big deal out of it cause now's the time. So if you're, if you're hearing this and it's resonating and maybe someone's popping to mind, uh, the opportunity is here right now. So there, yeah. it, it's a great time to get, to get plugged into that. Yeah.
1: And this, this will now be, inst- I use that word institutionalized things you care about need to be institutionalized in, in a good sense of that word, like, self-replicating so that it's a stake in the ground always within our organization that represents, here's a place that's safe, even safer than Sunday morning. (laughs) It's not church, quote unquote, for those uh, who've given up on church but not on God to kick the tires of the Christian faith and be encountered by the God who loves them. Um, So I'm excited that we're starting that up here.
0: Yep, we are uh we're excited to be on this journey with all of you. Uh in addition to that, would just be remiss cuz I take every opportunity for this. But as Mike mentioned, uh you know, we're only a month or so away from Easter and as always as another great opportunity with your one more person in mind, we 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 provide a ton of uh worship opportunities so there will be plenty of space for absolutely anybody. In your life, who you think uh, might need to hear the good news of Jesus? We got a seat for them. We're gonna even we're gonna even try to have a parking spot for them. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're lucky.
1: working hard on that, and that's, that's gonna right. require cooperation by a lot of us. But that's right. More that's right. more to come on that.
0: That's right. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, thank you all for joining us again on the Ask LLC podcast. It's awesome to partner with you all in this. We will catch you next time. Bye.